The Drop Back with Sam Lewis, Matt Burns Peak, and Joe Costanzo. Hi, and welcome back to the Drop Back Podcast. I'm Sam Lewis, and I'm joined again by my good friends Matt Burns Peak. How's it going? And Joe Costanzo. Here I am. <laughs> so we had our podcast <laughs> all nicely planned out this week, and then Andrew Luck decided to drop an absolute bombshell on Saturday night. Ruiner. A true absolute stinker. Ruiner. Yeah, so the 29-year-old quarterback of the Colts, I'm guessing everyone that's listened to the, listening to this podcast has heard by now that he just upped and retired. And now we don't blame Andrew Luck. He's dealt with a massive plethora of injuries over the years. <sighs> no. But some people do. Yeah, so the Colts fans, when they heard the news, they booed him off the field for his last ever appearance. Uh, that's so poor. That's such it's a... It's not great, is it? That's a Can you imagine booing move. one of your best players in franchise history off the field because he couldn't move laterally anymore? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And I mean, Colts fans, you've, you, like, you've gone from Peyton Manning to Andrew Luck. You, you haven't had to delve around the scratch of the NFL to find somebody who's semi-capable of throwing the football. Just hey, be... you're up there as well. You've gone from Ryan Tannehill to Josh Rosen. Yeah, what what an absolute glow-up. Oh, dumb, dumb, brilliant. Um, but, and, and they've got Jacoby Prezet waiting in the wings, who has looked pretty good in the early part of his career as well. So, I mean, they're fine. It's not like he's handed the reins over to Geno Smith or someone like that. Like, give the guy a break. Yeah, yeah I, I think in, in all honesty, um, I said I, I covered it briefly in the article, but, you know, this is the most shocking. Look, everyone check out Joe's article on the dropback.com. It is really good. Oh, cheers, guys. Cheers. Cheers, mate. I, I, I appreciate the attention. That's, that's, that's what I do it for. <laughs> but, it does sound like someone's parents didn't love him enough, though. <laughs> <laughs> Basically, yeah, it, it, the whole news was covered by this, these hot takes on Twitter and one of them from... David Gottlieb, who is the shit name, by the way, shit name, swine of the the earth. Just basically blamed Andrew Luck. Yeah, David Gottlieb uh, tweeted out that basically Andrew Luck had retired because he's a millennial. Basically, saying he's a pussy. Work shy, yeah. Yeah, not that the fact that this man is difficult to work when your kidneys are bleeding and you're pissing blood. Yeah, this man literally pissed pissed blood. And you that's so metal by the parade way parade him with booze as he leaves the stadium. That's your treat. Just because he wants to go out and play football with his kids one day. Oh no. I don't care about that. All I care about is my franchise and you've ruined my franchise. I don't care about Andrew Luck the human being. All I care about is Andrew Luck the tool for my team. Like But this is a growing issue in the NFL. There's a lot of people that don't care about the players themselves and only care about their their franchises and their success there. Like I think Cardinals say, guard a, Justin Pugh just came out and said there really isn't enough support and attention on mental health yeah, for yeah, NFL exactly. players. And it's, especially when you look at the effects concussions have on players, that there isn't really the support in place, not only from the league itself, but also the fan base. There isn't support for players that have done well. And we're not here to criticise the entire Colts fans. There are definitely those that appreciate what Andrew Luck has done and yeah, understand yeah. why he's giving it up. But... It's the ones that are booing him or what should be... is what's already an emotional time for the man. Yeah. And it's interesting that, um, you know, we had the other night our own The Drop Back Fantasy League draft. Um, And it's funny the impact that fantasy sports has in in swaying people's... The way they deal with news like this. You know, people have drafted Andrew Luck 
and would be genuinely angry at him as a result because of the impact that it's had on their fictitious yeah. fantasy league. Um, and, you know, we've seen loads of times, you know, everyone, I think everyone in, in this room has fallen into that trap of, you know, a player goes down and you're like, God damn it, here's my starting running back this week. Now what am I going to do? You've caused me an issue. And it's like, this guy's got a broken leg or something. And, you know, there should we should probably sympathise a bit more with the, the the players as human beings rather than just, you know, like, like Joe said, tools for our franchises or, or mm. players on our fantasy team to get us points. Yeah, absolutely. I think the biggest culprit for that is turf toe. Like, you get oh. so annoyed when one of your players has turf toe and he's like, is he going to be available? Is he questionable? What's going to happen? And Matt can attest to the actual traumas yeah. associated so I, with having th- turf toe. Th- this summer, I had a genuine turf toe injury and it is no joke. It was so painful. Like, it's the weirdest injury I've ever had in my life because I, I did it playing football and I was like, oh, that really, really hurt. Toe seemed to bend backwards in a weird way, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to troop on. And then the next day, I literally could put zero weight on it at all. And it basically just yo-yos between some days it will feel okay. And then some days you literally will not be able to walk. Um, and it, it, I mean, if you if you look it up on the internet, it's super unhelpful because it's like recovery time between like three weeks and like six months, you know, somewhere in that ballpark they'll be when you're actually able to play again. It sucks because I had you in my flex as well for that week. So. I know, I'm, I'm <laughs> such a good matchup. but yeah I I think if we just list off Andrew Luck's injuries I mean over the past four years I mean I'm sure everyone's seen this tweet but torn cartilage and two ribs at least one concussion that was actually reported we don't know how many concussions get reported especially six years ago in the NFL partially torn abdomen torn labrum in his throwing shoulder lacerated kidney which as we said led him to piss blood that's like a war injury and this mysterious calf slash ankle related problem that meant he couldn't move laterally. Something that some would argue is a little bit important for a starting quarterback in the National Football League. Or, you know, any human being. Yeah. Wanting to be able to <laughs> twist. <laughs> exactly. I think, um, to be honest, if, if, if Colts fans want to be annoyed at someone, they should be annoyed at uh, Ryan Grigson, mm. who just... Under his tenure as GM, uh, Luck was pressured 16 times a game, which is just ridiculous. He was, he was, you know, sacked or pressured 16 times a game. It's stupid. Absolutely stupid. I mean, the first two, first, his first two seasons in the leagues, he was the most sacked quarterback. With 72 sacks in two years. In two years, he's, had, he's been sacked over 40 times. That's so poor. How can you, he's for such a talented player as well, to not be giving him any protection and letting him take that beating? I, I, it baffles me that some fans can turn around and point the finger at Andrew Luck. And I think as, as well, when you look at that side of things, um, every time he gets sacked, he would just say, oh, good hit, man. Oh, good hit. I just got sacked 174 times in my career, but yeah, good hit, man. Well oh. done. But that's the kind of guy he is. He, he, yeah. was, he wasn't, one of these guys who, who comes out and shit talks, you know, taunts his opponents. He, he was a respectful guy. Everyone loved him. Everyone in the Colts organization loved him. That's why they let him keep his last remaining year of his contract. Uh, you know, th- this last year, they let him keep that money because he made such an effort to continue playing hurt and continue putting everything he can in for this franchise. And it's really frustrating to see a small minor- minority of 
Colts fans and some stupid independent verified idiots on Twitter. Yeah. Everyone's a verified idiot on Twitter. I wish I was a verified idiot on Twitter. I'd do anything for that little blue tick. (laughs) (laughs) So aside from the personal aspect of Andrew Luck's retirement, we do also have to look at what it means for the AFC South. An AFC South that also already looked like it was turned on his head with Lamar Miller, Texans running back, tearing his ACL mere hours before Andrew Luck's announcement. So that division is a complete mess right now. Yeah, he kind of took uh, Lamar Miller's shine there, didn't he? <laughs> what, you think Lamar Miller was sitting in the hospital and the one thing one thing? No one's giving me is, attention. Oh, I, I wish I was getting more press. Why does nobody care about my needs? Lamar, I mean, aside from being clearly the best running back of that Texans roster, the the bigger, biggest loss, I think, in that respect is Lamar Miller was comfortably the best pass-blocking running back on that roster. Mm. And that O-line, we've said it a few times throughout the summer, how worrying that Texans O-line looks. Um, I mean, what, what happened yeah. on draft day with um, you know them having to go with, with Howard eventually? Howard. Was cl- clearly not clearly wasn't the, the pick that they wanted um, after the Eagles moved up and, 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 and stole their sort of first choice for that position. And we've heard questionable things about that Texans O-line all off-season. To then lose your best pass-blocking running back is a big loss, aside from yeah, what he can do with the ball in his hands. Yeah, well, you look at the Texans O-line and you c- can't help but draw comparisons with what ha- just happened with Andrew Luck in and Indianapolis. If you, you got an ultra-talented quarterback like Deshaun Watson, the Colts have just given you the warning lesson that if you don't protect him, there's going to be serious problems. Quarterbacks won't just last and get hit game after game and still keep playing at an elite level. Yeah, good quarterbacks are an investment for your franchise and I think you can't take them lightly, especially after now like what we've seen happen. Um, y- you know, I, But on that note that Matt said, would you not argue that Duke Johnson is quite a suitable replacement for Lamar Miller in terms of, like, we've seen what he can do with limited amount of snaps here last year. The question is always going to be for running backs like that, and I'm not saying it's fair or not, but the question is, will their body be able to hold up with a workhorse's load over a full season? And will he be able to replicate the pass-blocking ability that Lamar Miller had is the worry. I think he's every bit as talented as a runner with the ball in his hands. Duke Johnson can do some really impressive things. In terms of what he's like in pass protection, that's where his big question marks lie for me, and that's an area that Lamar Miller was really good at. Mm. Okay. So Texans are also having issues with Jadavian Clowney as well, who looks like he's been meeting with Miami. He's also been linked with Seattle and Philadelphia, but it does look like it's trending as if he's going to head out of the door this summer. I I heard he was going to the Miami Dolphins. A few plucky Finns. Yeah, exactly. This is is talks with the Finns. Really interesting. Apparently, we've had him in the building to talk with Brian Flores and Chris Greer. Um, It's a really strange one because. We've, I mean, we're going to have a lot of cap room next year, sure. So from that point of view, it makes sense. But it's a very aggressive move for a team that's basically said that this year they're sitting out and not playing. Hmm. You think you're actually tanking? Do you think that happens in the NFL quite a lot? I, I, I don't think, I don't think you can motivate professional athletes by saying that you're not, you're not trying to win every game. And I don't, especially think in such that, a physical sport as well. Yeah, exactly. When people put, I mean, to, come out on a Sunday and accept you're just going to get hit and not even exactly. win the game. Otherwise, exactly. Or, or, or the whole, the whole roster would sit out. I mean, as you've just seen from Andrew Luck, what in, injuries can do and the risks that associate with playing the sport. I don't think you can actively try and lose games. 
But what I what I think is going to be the case is it's going to be a bit more focus on giving the younger players a try. It's going to be a little bit more of a focus on, okay, well, um, you know, if we lose this game, it's not the end of the world. It's not a do or die attitude. It's going to be a season that's more focused on coaching opportunities and, de- and player development rather than results. Mm, so the, looking at the other teams in the AFC South as well, you've got the Jags without Telvin Smith saying he's going to sit out this year. They're going with Nick Foles, rolling the dice there. They hope he can replicate the form that he showed in Philadelphia. Are the Titans the most stable team in that division? I think they're the most stable, but they're also lacking the most firepower, in my opinion. I don't think the Titans have that have enough pieces, um, or it, it positionally in, enough positional pieces that can really stand out and and blow a game open. Derek Henry's obviously very impressive. His pass catching ability is null, mm. which does slightly limit his effectiveness. I think Mar- Marcus Mar- Mariota is steady. Um, I don't think that their receiving core is particularly impressive. Corey Davis is nice. Other than that, I'm not sure what else it brings to the table. Their defense, again, very much seems to lack star power at, at, at each level. Um, you know, see, you've just fallen into the trap of everyone, everyone forgetting about Kevin Bayard at safety. Yeah. <laughs> no respect. Kevin Bayard is Kevin Bayard is the standout player on that on that defense, apart from Cam Wake. <clears throat> um, but I, I, I just don't think it doesn't have the dominance of the Jags defense. Their offense doesn't have uh, the the sparks or the the skill players like the Colts and the, and the Texans does. I think the Titans have built a very stable roster, as you said. It doesn't excite me, and I don't think it's going to do enough to win games in the division. I think, I think, in, in my opinion, the top, with the Titans, it completely depends on Marcus Mariota's performances this year. He's been a bit inconsistent. He's had times where he's shown that he he has he could potentially be a good quarterback or even a great quarterback at times but um, he's also made some baffling decisions like some terrible decisions to throw the ball where he just shouldn't fit into windows where he knows he's not going to make it and you don't like you said earlier you don't have the receiving talent to have that safety blanket of don't have a T.Y. Hilton no Corey Davis is good but he hasn't shown what he promised what was promised coming out of him in the draft two years back and he he might step up but your other options are Adam Humphreys and Taewon Taylor like Mm. it's it's nothing special they I I honestly think the Titans are going to take a step back this year Um, let's not forget as well Marcus Mariota Injury-wise, you know, th- sticking on the theme of quarterback injuries, Marcus Mariota has had long stretches last season where he's dealt with injuries. He's a few times gone down with knocks. Your backup's Ryan Tannehill. He can't throw deep, spoiler alert. Um, so, like I said, I- again, I don't think their starting quarterback is stable enough in That's terms of... Special- you especially worrying when you look at Taylor Lewan being out for the first few games of the season with yeah, a suspension as well. I was going to mention, yeah. yeah. Silly boy can't stay off the yeah. peds. <laughs> so who have you guys got winning the AFC South then this year Joe would you like to go first I've got the Jacksonville Jaguars at a yeah. stale 8-8 eight eight. Well, I eight honestly eight don't think good enough much. to win this division, I, any division. I, I think what I've seen from the, the Jaguars um, I think they're going to return to their defensive form of years past I think their defensive line depth is insane Josh Allen looks amazing in the preseason so far yeah that's one thing, and he's he's not even listed as starting at the moment. I imagine he's going to be starting during the he's season. Part of that but rotation, what, which is scary. Oh, what, what, unique and Cargway and Calias Campbell and just these pieces you can move anywhere. Their de- defense is one of, if not one of, if not the best defense in the league. Um, some injury concerns at receiver. That's why I don't have him winning, say, ten or twelve games. Maybe like an eight and eight, nine and seven season. 
I like Dee uh, Westbrook though. I do like Dee Westbrook. I like Dee Westbrook, and so does my fantasy team as well. Yeah. <laughs> there it is. And we got a. Uh, yeah, Le- Leonard Fournette is a beast when he's healthy, but can he stay healthy? And Nick Foles is really good in the playoffs, but can he take him to the playoffs? I think That's whatever the real Nick question. Foles is or isn't, he's it's better than certainly an upgrade over Blake Bortles. Yeah, 100%. And so you ex- you'd expect the Jags' offense to take at least a small step forwards and be, be what the defense needs, be steady enough so that they can win games rather than turn the ball over quickly and put the defense on the back foot. Hmm. Nick Foles has shown that he can be a competent game manager, and I think that that's what that roster needs at the quarterback position right now. It doesn't need a, a Patrick Mahomes who's going to go out and, and sling 50 touchdowns a year. It needs someone who can um, you know, move the, move the ball efficiently but doesn't have to do everything. Yeah, absolutely. So, so what do you guys think? the AFC North? Do you, but do you guys also think that the Jags, are we all in agreement that the Jags are going to win the AFC South? Or I have I have Jags winning it and Texans... and Texans. I've got um, the Jags winning it with maybe a 9-7. and seven. Yeah, not, yeah. Not, a, not a big win. Yeah, I was saying eight and eight for me. But, yeah. um, I just yeah. feel weird about giving a team winning the division without a winning record. It just doesn't sit right for some reason. Mm, like the CLC Hawks that one season. Exactly yeah. that one season. All right, so the AFC North. Woo! The team with the most exciting roster in the NFL. No, oh, Joe, it's not Lamar Jackson. The, the Bengals. And the Baltimore Ravens. <laughs> Bengals. <laughs> So are the Cleveland Browns going to be the real deal? I think so. I, I'm very excited for the for the Browns. Um, I, I I question whether if things go wrong, they'll be able to recover. But I think if it all comes together um, and you can keep all those players on the field, both offensively and defensively, that defense is absolutely stacked at all the at that every D-line level. That D-line tore the Buccaneers in the Week 3 preseason game. I know yeah. it's only Week 3, but Jameis Winston did not have any time. Yeah, and they were up Ma- against starters. Exactly, Ma- and Miles Garrett. I mean, Miles Garrett. I think is gonna smash his 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 uh, career sack record this season. I think that they're going to be able to get a lot more sacks from tight coverage downfield as well with their with their um, depth at the in the secondary. And that offense is going to score points for fun. If you look at the playmakers, it has every position. Yeah, I I, I honestly think it pains me to say, it, but the, if I'm going with my sandwich bet which I am. The Browns are going to win this. I, I've got them going 12-4 and four this season. Does uh, the O-line right. not worry you a little bit? Mm, the O-line isn't bad. I mean, the O-line is... It's, it's serviceable. It's serviceable, you know, and I, I think they're going to play... They, they've got the receiving talent that they don't necessarily need... They can get uh, the ball out quickly enough yeah, that they you know that it's going to have to sit back You're going to have Jarvis Landry hits. underneath. You can you can hit Njoku. You can hit... Um, when when he comes back, Antonio Callaway, um, and obviously Nick we've got Chubb OBJ. We've got OBJ, OBJ Nick Chubb out the backfield, Kareem Hunt when he comes back. There's just so many offensive weapons that I I honestly don't think that a mediocre offensive line is is the biggest concern they have. Um, like we said before, they've got a really exciting young defense that is um, only really going to improve, not only this year but in the in the years to come. Uh, yeah, and they've got a really exciting secondary. Um, Damaris Randall, Denzel Ward, Greedy Williams, you know the names. Uh, I just think that this t- this team's got a lot of talent and maybe this is the year where it all comes together and John Dorsey looks like a legend. 
Yeah. And so will it be Pittsburgh or Baltimore or even Cincinnati that will run the closest this year? It's definitely oh, not you're so Cincinnati. sweet saying Cincinnati. It's I, th- I for me I think it's the Ravens. I think yes. um I think they've 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 simply got more talent on offensively and, and defensively than the Steelers. I do think the Steelers will lean a lot more or be a bit more of a defensive minded team this year. Um but I think that ultimately Baltimore I think also that like they're playing the AFC East as well. I think Baltimore's best suited to running over some of those teams with their run-first style offense. Uh, I think it may actually be a lot closer than people think. The Steelers may not take a step back as much. Juju, I know Antonio Brown is a big loss, but they lost Le'Veon Bell last year and James Conner stepped up. If Juju can fill the role of Antonio, which is a big ask, then... They only need someone like James Washington, and they do have a history of developing wide receivers to to break out massively when they need them to. News yeah. coming out of camp is that camp is that uh, James Washington is looking really good, and he's looking like he's improved. But I've also got the, my Ravens. Obviously, I'm a bit biased here, but I think we're doing the opposite of what everyone else is doing at the moment. Where everyone else is adapting, bringing in more pass, more pass. When we're saying no, fuck it, we're going to stick to the run. <laughs> we're going to be good on defense. We're going to run out of setters, And we're just... Yeah, I don't want to say it because it'll make Joe way too happy, but I am excited to see what happens with the Ravens' offense this year. And Mm. I don't think they'll take as much of a step back as some people are expecting on defense. Yes, they lost their starting pass rushes, but Matt Judon looks like a very good player and with Mm. consistent reps could become a massive breakout player this year. And they, they only need some sort of sack production from either Titus Titus Bowser, Jalen Ferguson, and they're bringing back Pernell McPhee as well. Mm. I so think they do fine. have pieces in place. I think we've got... The thing is, we're, we're losing Terrell Suggs and a lot of people are focusing on the pieces we've lost rather than the, the depth that we have to replace them. We're not necessarily yeah. going to replace Terrell Suggs with one player. We're going to replace him with a few players in rotation. But um, yeah, I think it'll be an exciting year. I, I'm excited for it. We'll see what happens. And so, no one's excited by the Bengals. Bengals are horrible. Yeah, man, do not remember your amazing offensive season in 2013 15. 2015, yeah, when um, new coach Zach Taylor was your offensive coordinator. No, oh, stop it. <laughs> Doesn't fill you with confidence? Uh, no. No. <laughs> okay, then, so we're not going to mention. Sorry, Bengals fans, but it doesn't look like there's going to be a lot of Bengals are there talk Bengals on this podcast. <laughs> there must be some Bengals fans you know what we'll just mention something quickly just so they're appeased Ooh, Green's out might not return until week three Jonah Williams they've lost another first round pick from what looks like a weak line to start with losing Jonah Williams is a huge blow Andy it's, Dalton uh, is still Andy Dalton, Dalton. Joe Mixon is nice, good and Joe Mixon is good and he's on my fantasy team Joe Mixon is good which I think we all just said in sync which is the one good thing about the Bengals this year which isn't very encouraging. They're not very in sync. But try again next year, guys. Hey, man, enjoy that number two overall yeah, pick. Yeah, you'll still have Joe Mixon, and maybe you'll be able to draft a quarterback as well. This is when the Bengals absolutely do us and, and like, win the division. That would, I would pay you money. I'd eat, I'd eat a Bengals much? for I'd eat at least I'd, I'd eat one Joe's sandwich. sandwich or whatever it was. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think we all are in disagreement that it's going to happen, but sure, rice sandwiches all around if it happens. <laughs> It's not nutritious. Right, do you want to hit the west or the east? West. Are you west side? West, I'm calling it. I'm calling it west and I'm calling it chiefs. Right. Ooh, he's calling it chiefs. What a controversial opinion here. I know. 
Don't ask me again. I might change my mind. But uh, I mean, it's the Chiefs, especially with with the the horrible, uh, yet again, horrible off season that the Chargers have endured injury wise, and um, you know, which seems to happen Mel- every year for the Chargers. Yeah, I, they, I, I honestly, it is it's a baffling one. I feel like every year we're like. I don't understand how the Chargers get so many in- injuries. I would love... Goes, the Chargers like have a, such a good roster. If they were all healthy, then they'd win the division. They'd win the Super Bowl. Exactly. But every year, it never happens. It's and not even like the Redskins. The situation certainly isn't helping. Yeah, yeah. that's not, another thing. It's not even like the Redskins where you can clearly blame the medical staff. It, it seems like the medical staff is fine. It's just... Well, the Redskins <laughs> also don't have a very sure. good roster as well. Mm. Yeah, it doesn't They're help that their doctor still. also messes up your knees. But yeah, I'd, I'd love to see the, a Chargers preseason training camp and just see, you know, what what they managed to do that results in so many injuries. Yeah, so maybe James Hillary, the D lineman, was a good pickup for them in the draft. But I think that's the only spot they've almost got better at with all their injuries. Like Derwin James yeah. is a massive blow to them. Such mm. a blow. Yeah, he, play, he played so many positions that without him, you're gonna look. It's gonna uncover a lot more weak spots in their defense. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, I, I'm going with Chiefs as well. No surprise here. I've got them going about 11 and five, maybe 12 and four again. Um, I think Sammy Watkins has looked pretty solid in the preseason. Uh, if you're watching the game tape, I think I think he's. They're not going to miss a step. Well, they're obviously not going to be as productive, but they're also going to more than account for Tyreek Hill um, getting suspended for the first part of the season. Uh, Damian Williams looks really good as well. Yeah, nice. And I think the biggest team. issue facing the Chiefs this offseason was the whole Tyreek Hill shenanigans, to mm. put it lightly. Mm. And they've come out of that on the well, right or wrong side of it, depending on how you look at it. But they've got Tyreek. Got few domestic violence, yeah. <laughs> and they've added another absolute speedster in Miko Hardman in the draft, who many are predicting to have an absolute he could fantastic be rookie year. He could Especially be real when fun, he's yeah. the third receiver behind Sammy Watkins, Tyreek Hill. And then Travis Kelsey as well. Yeah. We counting Travis Kelsey as a receiver? As a receiving threat. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. 100%. I'd, I'd be interested to see who you guys have got going, getting that third spot. I'm I'm going uh, John Gruden-led Raiders to... I'm agreeing with you. I can't pick any team that's led by Joe Flacco in 2019. Absolutely. Knock on wood if you're with me. I think, I think Joe uh, Flacco... Desk is plastic, but it's the same thing. <laughs> I think Joe Flacco is uh, rubbish. Probably going to just lead a very boring offense to a very boring, Shock. stale four and twelve season. Um, yeah. I don't really have like a third spot here. I'm not. I'm, I mean, I don't think there's going to be any wild card spots in this division. Maybe, nope. maybe the Chargers, depending on. I don't the Chargers actually. Yeah, yeah. I think like the Chargers can get healthy quickly and get Melvin Gordon back in the building. They can make a late push for it. They'll sneak in. It just depends if they wait too long to sort out their flaws at the moment. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Right, let's get let's get on to the the East now. So, um, which one of you is going to try and tell me that the Miami Dolphins are going to win this division? I'll do it. Go for it, Slee. Ha, got you. Um, well, it's going to be the Patriots, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, it's simple it? as they lost Gronk, but they may have just gained Josh Gro- Josh Gordon, who at this stage in their career could be a bigger threat. Is that too yeah. much to say? No, I I, I, I I see what you mean. I think Josh Gordon could be awesome if he can stay on the field and not... Smoke himself out of the league. That, well, yeah, exactly. And I just think, more to the point, the Pats is such a stable 
you such a stable roster. They're streets ahead of any other team in the division. I probably have the Bills as the next strongest all round, just simply because that defense mm-hmm. is tremendous. I think the Jets are quite unbalanced, and, and their coach, I have no faith in whatsoever. I also have a few reservations about their quarterback. Um, the Dolphins, uh, I think, are completely rebuilt mode, prepared to fail, and don't have an O-line, which is the first place they need to rebuild the next season. They got Larry no Tunsil. Yeah, Larry Tunsil's good, but I mean, you can't Apparently have maybe in the trade deal for um, Jadavian Clowney. Oh, I will cry. stupid decision. I will cry tears. I'll put on a gas mask like he did with in that video that emerged on the draft and just cry solidly for days. But that's not what he did with the gas mask. He smoked weed through it. You you have no evidence. I mean, okay, yeah. I mean, it could be incense for all I know. I don't know. Exactly. But yeah, more to the point, the the pack's going to win this. I I can see the Bills finishing as the net, as the runner up. I think the Jets are going to have a pretty poor one, and the Dolphins are going to very very much struggle to get more than three wins at most. Yeah, I'm I'm in complete agreement here. Um, what what just out of interest, what. Whereabouts do you think the Bills are going to come in terms of a record, if you had to guess? Uh, 9-7, 8-8 maybe. 9-7? and seven. Oh, I, I think was... that defence is good. I think that defence is really good. I think both the Bills and the Jets have a good defence. You look at Quinn and Williams for the Jets, and that's a piece, along with Leonard Williams, like, that's going to cause absolute mayhem. Jamal Adams. And I think, to be honest, the success of the Bills and the Jets relies on their second-year quarterbacks taking a step forwards. If they take a step forward, they can have a winning season, maybe challenge for a wildcard spot. If not, they're back in the same situation, 6-10, and 5-11. and 11. Here's an interesting tidbit. Who do you think has a better season, Josh Allen or Sam Donald? Josh Allen. What are you Josh judging Allen? better season by? Just, you know, the typical QB Yeah, well, actually, are we talking throwing or are we talking, you know, total touchdowns? Just overall performance this season. I assume... Like, Josh Allen. He, Josh Allen. So we talk, we're accounting for his legs. Yeah, I, 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 I mean, you, you can't not. He's, he is a dual-threat QB entirely. Sam Darnold doesn't give you that mobility, and also I still question his decision-making massively. Yeah, That's I'd true. agree. I like what the Bills have done with surrounding Josh Allen with sort of smaller, quicker receivers this year. Last year, when they went the big route, they had Kelvin Benjamin and mm. Zay Jones, so they just couldn't create enough separation. Like, Josh Allen yeah. isn't the most accurate thrower of the football, but He's if you give him people like Cole Beasley and John Brown... What did he just whisper? I said he's got a big juicy arm. <laughs> okay. But those players can create separation and and make up for his maybe not on the target accuracy every time. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I think it's it could be a big season. I, I had the Bills going about seven and nine, to be honest. I, I think I that's don't. fair. Somewhere in that region. I think they can push I think they can go nine and seven and maybe push double digit wins if it all goes right for them. It's definitely a step up from last year. Yeah, that. 100%. Yeah, 100%. absolutely. Worst teams and, in the league last year. And Sean McDermott's a good coach, I think. Yeah. So, we've all got the Patriots, the Browns, the, the Jags, and, and, the Chiefs. and the Chiefs winning the divisions. Who's everyone got for their wildcard picks? I'm going to go first and say Chargers and Ravens. I think the Chargers will get healthy in time, and I think the Ravens will also be able to sneak in. I'm going to say Ravens, obviously, I think we're going to be fine. I think we're going to go probably go about 10 and 6, possibly this year, uh, depending on, on how our offense goes. Um, and 
I'm going to say the Chargers as well. I, I'm sorry. To, I don't want to agree with Matt. It's just who I had down it's on contagious. my list. Yeah. Um, well, I've got one of the same. I'm going for the Ravens as well, which I feel bad about. I almost picked, picked, picked Pittsburgh just to be a bit different. But I'm also going to go for the Buffalo Bills. Whoa. Like a shot in the dark there. Ooh, it's called a wild card, Bills. isn't it? You love that cannon arm, don't you? You've got to love that cannon arm. So what, and then... what have you got the Bills going? What sort of? Ten and six. With a stretch. Wow. Wow. Bad. Uh, I could see it. Like I said, I, I, I don't think that they're that far off being a pretty good team. I think if it all depends on if Josh Allen finds some consistency during the football. To, and to be honest, with the conference the way it is, how top-heavy it is, I think you could almost grab a wild-card spot with a 9-7 and seven win, winning record this year. Yeah. I don't think there's yeah. going to be that many teams with that many wins. I think the Ravens will go in something like 9-7. I think they'll creep in through that. I think a lot of teams are going to lose quite badly. They're going to have pretty bad seasons. There's going to be a lot of 4-12s, and 12s, maybe a few 3-13s and 13s this year. So you think the discrepancy between the... Okay, that's interesting. Yeah, because I, I think I think a lot of bang-on-average teams will make the playoffs, like we're saying, because we're going to have teams like maybe the Cleveland Browns, possibly, definitely, the, the Patriots... With possibly 13 and 3 records and just, you know, these upper echelon, quite a few of them maybe. Um, and then like teams of the complete other spectrum. So I think you could well get in with, could do a Seattle and pull a 7 and 9 and get in to a wildcard spot. Hmm. I can well, see so... Bengals, Broncos, Dolphins, maybe Raiders, maybe Titans losing seasons. I could see that realistically being really what, they, what they could achieve next year. Yeah. All right. So those are our AFC predictions. Next week, we'll take a look at the NFC, where there looks to be much closer in a lot of divisions. Yes. All right. You are just an NFC fanboy. Can we redo I that last bit? I mean, they are better. Yeah. Well, I mean, I don't think they are anymore. I could, you could argue against it. I think they, we... they were a few years ago when you won the Super Bowl and were relevant, but... <laughs> Maybe I think there's less more now. teams that would. I think there's more good teams in the NFC than there are on the AFC. Okay. Can you see anyone except the? Who could you see winning the Super Bowl from the AFC? Chiefs. Chargers. Really? Year. So it's Chiefs, Chiefs, Pats, and what Browns? Browns. Maybe. Yeah. Who you can see from the NFC? Saints. Rams. Rams. That's the only two. Really, bears maybe Eagles depends bears, on Carson bears Wentz. maybe, but I don't trust Mitch Trubisky enough. Mitch Trubisky isn't that good. Packers, Eagles rookie head coach. Eagles maybe, but Carson Wentz is a massive injury concern for me. Yeah, and you and you've now lost your insurance backup. I I honestly think the AFC is is more talented than the NFC this year. Falcons is an interesting one because they lost some really good players last year. I mean. We can go into more detail next week, but I think I think Falcons could be pretty good next year. I don't think they're good enough to win a Super Bowl. Yeah. All right. So, moving on. What have we got next, Joe? So, now we've got Would You Rather, the little game we played last week. Uh, this I've just been informed we only actually have to do one of these. So, apparently, I don't remember if I did two or one last week, but... Joe's sitting there with his notepad where he's got about 20 of these written out. <laughs> shaking his fist he's got a half and half a few that make no sense <laughs> <laughs> um, so I mean 
I'll start if you want. Do you want me Go to start it. on a cheeky little would you rather? This one's a bit of a, a well, a jokey one, but also it's very serious content. But also that not. probably make us cry. It's the sort of joke we are not allowed to laugh, I think, yeah, by the sounds of it. It's a kind of a, like a very racist joke. Um, <laughs> I sure hope not. <laughs> <laughs> so, would you rather live with all of Andrew Luck's injuries for four years at the same time? Wow. Or, Ouch. let me just remind you of these injuries. Torn cartilage in two ribs, partially torn admin, at least one concussion, torn labrum in throwing shoulder, lacerated kidney that leaves you pissing blood, calf and ankle-related injury that means you can't move laterally, all at once, or mm. have to financially support Philip Rivers' children. Oh, There gosh. are nine of them. Seven girls, two boys. Hallie, girls are Caroline, Grace, Gunner, obviously Gunner, Sarah... <laughs> Peter, Rebecca, them? Claire, and Anna. You can't rename them. That's just their names. Oh, and that. Do you want to? Do, you want to do? Who wants to go first? I'll go first. I'll go That's first. All right. Oh yeah, you go first. All so. right. Okay, I'll go first. I'll go first. I'll go first. Um, I think. Oh god, that's so much childcare. I'm gonna go with the. I'm gonna go with Rivers and his kids, because I mean, hopefully. You know, at some point, it, you you would they they'll grow up at some point, and you won't have to mollycoddle them no, quite they as much. Stay that age forever. That's that you can't add that caveat now. That is too the, harsh. The oldest one is twelve. What's the youngest one? Literally just born, like the other month. Oh my god, that's so much he, care. <laughs> how long did he have to look after them for? Just until they're adults. How, oh, until they're adults. Good choice. Wow. <laughs> um. I don't deal well with physical pain, so I, I'm going to take the financial and emotional <laughs> pain. <laughs> exactly. Um, so I'm just gonna I'm I'm gonna bite the bullet and be Philip Rivers daycare. Okay. I want to hear why Slu wants to deal with all these injuries. Well, first of all, I don't think it'd be very fun. I'm just gonna put that out there. This isn't me wanting to do it. This is me not wanting to raise. Was it seven kids? Nine. Nine kids. Nine. Jesus. And one's just born. Yeah, one was just born. Anna. Poor little Anna. All right. So the real so weighing much. up was 18 years versus four years. Four years, it's going to be a shit four years. But you know it's going to end at some point. With those kids, that's 18 more years of that. Matt, by the time you're done, you'll be, what, 30, 40? That's true. 40 years old. That's so old. Plus, Pretty old. hopefully I could still run this podcast right on the website at thedropback.com nice, while I'm nice injured plug. I could sit down and do it Matt you're going to be way out of time dealing with your I'll have kids. to find have some time I choose the podcast over children at this point I'll have to wait for those little shits to fall asleep or something and then try and bang out a 400 worder it'd probably be really bad content as well I mean okay so out of you two I think the more logical argument here came from Slu. I'm going to give it to Slu. Let's go. I think no Matt kids. didn't really give much of a reason as to... to he just said, yeah. oh, damn, that's a lot of kids. Ah, oh, damn. Oh. You see, it's a lose-lose because I'm really bad with pain and I also don't like children very much. <laughs> I'm super annoying, especially young children. Yeah, they are the worst. God. And now there's bloody nine of them in your house. Asking, uh, Daddy, can we go out today? Daddy, I want a McDonald's. Not now, Gunner. <laughs> Shut up, Gunner. Grab my gun. 
<laughs> All right, Matt, do you want to do your one next? Uh, gladly. So my one is sort of fresh off the Andrew Luck news. Um, you Oh, like Joe's wasn't. Um, yeah. <laughs> yep. So my would you rather is fresh off the news of the Colts and Andrew Luck. Uh, and I want to ask if you absolutely have to make the playoffs this season, would you rather be on the 49ers or would you rather be on the Colts? Can I go first, Joe? Yeah, go ahead. The 49ers? What? Well, at the moment, yes, Jimmy Garoppolo had a torn ACL last year, but as it stands, they have a quarterback. They've got a strong receiving core. They've got an incredible offensive mind in Kyle Shanahan. They've got a defense that should be pretty good this year with Nick Bosa and Richard Sherman. You've got lots of pieces there on the defense. And I just think they're an all-round good team. I think they're going to make the playoffs anyway, should they stay healthy. But again, you could say that about every team in the league. Should they stay healthy, they'll do better than if they wouldn't. So I think Debo Samuel, the return of Dante Pettis and Marquis Godwin, I think they're in a good position to make a run for the playoffs as it is. Much better than a team that lost their quarterback. Jacoby Brissett is a decent backup, but at the end of the day, he's a backup. He's not going to win enough games, I don't think, to make the playoffs this year. Okay, Joe? I'm going to drop you one, Jacoby Brissett, and raise you one, Chad Kelly. Oh, I like My this. man is going to take over about halfway through this season, and he's going to throw for at least 3,000 yards. <laughs> <laughs> halfway through the season? Halfway through the season. I'm Record talking breaking. records broken. Jacoby Brissett, serviceable, good. You know, 58.8% completion rate. He's okay in 2017. That was being hit a lot, by the way. I'm talking the Colts with a great O-line, possibly one of the best O-lines in the league. T.Y. Hilton, Devin Funches, Eric Ebron, Jack Doyle, still there. They've got receiving talent. They've got Marlon Mack coming out of the background. Is that supposed to be convincing, Matt? Shut up. A strong defense led by Darius Leonard, an absolute boy, one of the candidates for Defensive Player of the Year last year. Absolutely came out of nowhere. And Chad Kelly, who's got an arm like a god, Mr. Very Relevant, I'll have you know, (laughs) throwing (laughs) touchdowns for days. I don't care about Jimmy Garoppolo and getting injured again, which he inevitably will. I want results. And I want Chad Kelly on my team downing beers, going out every night, and still somehow... But he's only going to play half the year. Presumably, if they're turning to him, it means... That something's gone wrong. No, Jacoby Brissett got injured. <laughs> <laughs> Just okay. like Jimmy Garoppolo. Okay. Um, see, I I still kind of think the Colts are in a better position simply because their division is way is wide open, um, and I think that that defense is better than the the Forty Niners defense. Yeah. Right. You're gonna put your name on the I Colts agree. having a better record than the Niners this year. Mm. <laughs> You know what, yeah. 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 I can see that happening. <laughs> you sound real convinced. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty, Pretty much. much. Sure, why not? Exactly. Stranger things have happened. Stranger things. Okay, so does that mean it's my turn? It is your turn. Does that mean I win? Okay. Did I win that? Joe yeah, wins that Yeah, I think one. so. Oh, thank God, because I didn't agree with that at all. <laughs> I lied Chad Kelly so every year there's a player in the fantasy draft that universally goes number one overall and this year was Saquon Barkley right pretty much exactly. yeah. so you've yeah. got the number two pick in the in your fantasy draft and 
the two players that you think you should take are Alvin Kamara or Christian McCaffrey. Who do you take? I want to go standard first. scoring. All right. I'm going to go with... You can't keep doing this and going first and then be like, oh, I'm going to go with... Christian McCaffrey. Okay, well, that's absolutely fine. <laughs> go ahead, mate. I think Christian McCaffrey is the Panthers' offense. I think um, Drew Brees and the Saints uh, share the love a lot more. I think the Panthers pretty much go solely through McCaffrey and, and Newton's legs. Um, and therefore, he's in line to score a lot more touchdowns, both receiving and rushing. Sweet. So I think Alvin Kamara, what we saw was him share time in the backfield with Mark Ingram. We've seen Christian McCaffrey be the guy last year. He had a pretty decent, he had a pretty great year, but we haven't seen Alvin Kamara with one full season taking every single snap. And what's what little we did see of him when Mark Ingram was injured, he absolutely tore it apart on fantasy. He, he carried... was suspended. He's on P- he was on PEDs, Joe. Suspended. Well, Mark Ingram was out. Is Yeah, well, Mark Ingram was out. Suspended on PEDs. I, I, I wasn't, you know, he was out. He wasn't playing. And during that time, Alan Kamara had a freaking fantastic period on, on fantasy. And now we're going to see that throughout the whole season. He, he clearly showed in that period of time that he could be a, a feature back in this system. And I'm really excited. I really wanted him the first round, but unfortunately I got stuck with David Johnson. Oh, you poor thing. excited about David yeah, Johnson. I know. It sucks. All right. Um, due to the passion and the extent of the argument that of which he used, I'm going to go with Joe Costanzo and, by extension, Alvin Kamara. Nice. Fair play. So yeah. it's a big two-win day for Joe. Ring. Have a day, Joe Costanzo. Is this the best day of your life? It might be, you know. I remember... It's up there with losing my virginity, I think. <laughs> <laughs> you have to make it so crass. <laughs> I'm joking, that never happened. Oh, now you've made it sad. <laughs> so if you remember correctly last week we did our london monarchs reborn sort of franchise fantasy bit so um you know if just as a recap from last week we'll remember that we appointed our first head coach which was joe philbin the mighty joe philbin the plucky joe philbin the player first man that is joe philbin why and we also decided, thanks to a very passionate argument from GM Joe Costanzo, that we would be competing in the NFC East. Yes. <laughs> what a great decision I made. <laughs> will we come to regret that? There's a decent chance we will. But for now, this week, we have another two decisions to make. So, fellas, this week, it's all about the sort of public relations and franchise culture that we want to set. So, you know, we're a brand new franchise. We're trying to, um, you know set a you know what we stand for you know is it a a just win baby are we um you know a a community run green bay packers you know i thought it was i just want money yeah what happened to i want money that's the backup we we can we can look at that maybe writing that on the on the locker room or the training cap training facility wall if if we like Uh, i don't know what sort of players won't help us time come contract negotiation time yeah exactly we'll have to etch that off um, but for this week, I've got two more decisions for you, and we're going to start with a QB decision. Okay. So, again, um, you know, obviously there's loads of bulk standard backups that swing around come free agency time. Um, but we've once again failed to attract many enticing prospects. Oh, no. However, 
we have a number of connections in the realms of recently retired or forgotten QBs that we might be able to delve into and pull a few strings to see what's come up. And the two sort of best options that our pro scouts have come back to us with um, are these two. And this decision is as much about how good a QB they are as also the sort of culture that they're going to help us instill in the locker room and the image they're going to give our franchise. So you can choose between Jay Cutler or Tim Tebow. So Kavach, this one, Jay Cutler is undoubtedly the better QB, but he's going to give you absolutely zero effort. We're, we're, We're talking smoking Jay Cutler that season with the Dolphins type of effort. Tim Tebow is not a very good QB, but he's going to give you 100% dedication and effort. Do they have to play QB? They have to play QB. They have to play the whole season. We're going to flip a coin. So I think I asked Slew heads or tails last time, so I'm going to go with Joe. I'll call it in the air. (laughs) All right, then. Right. Tails. It is heads. Ah. Slew. I'll go first. You want to go first on this question? Commiserations, Joe. You can go first on the second question. Slew. Jay Cutler or Tim Tebow? I'm all ears. I want to go with Jay Cutler. Okay, dokie. Because not only do I think he's the better quarterback, but mm-hmm. I think he's the better image we want for our franchise. You're the thinking whole a bad, Christian bad boy image. Tim Tebow brings along. Yeah, that works in America, but would it work in England? How many people do you know that are as God-fearing Christians in the UK as they are in America. I'm not saying that's a good thing. I'm not saying it's a bad thing. It's just not as common. Okay. See, now, Jay Cutler brings that good, I don't give a fuck attitude. I'm here to mess up your plans. I'm going to chuck it around as hard as I can, and we're going to see what happens. We're going to have a little bit of fun. We're not going to take ourselves too seriously. And that's the attitude I think we should have with the London Monarchs. We're not here to play by their rules. We don't give a fuck what they think, and we're going to play it our way. Nice. So we're thinking that Jay Cutler fits in with the English sort of aesthetic and culture a little bit better because he doesn't give a fuck and he's not going to try very hard. It's not that not very good to try very hard. It's just that he is going to try as much as he needs to try. Which isn't very hard. Excellent. Because <laughs> he's that talented. I like it. Okay. Joe, Tim Tebow. I'm on the complete opposite side of the spectrum and I would have chosen Tim Tebow anyway. I think what we need is we need a strong-minded, strong, physically strong QB such as Tim Bloody Tebow to take us to the promised land of the playoffs, throw a dart to not an, yeah, not Demarius Thompson, whoever the is our receiver, and and hope to God he throws it a little bit open so then they can basically run the rest 80 yards down the field and pretend like it was all his plan originally. I think what you get with Jay Cutler is what we've already discussed. He's just kind of there. He's just like, okay, I'm going to show up for work. I'm going to go smoke a 20-pack of fags and then I'm going to go home and probably, you know, just get really boozy, get drunk. He probably struggles going to sleep without and is that loads not the of booze. English attitude. That is arguable, but I'd say that the English attitude is also is it the example the underdog the underdog story. And I think Tim Tebow is one of the biggest underdogs in the potential return that we've ever seen. You can't, you know, Jay Cutler had his heyday with the Chicago Bears. Tim Tebow was never taken seriously, and he's begging. He would beg for a chance to come back and. You know Jay Cutler's going to come back and just smoke 40 fags and just do nothing, achieve nothing. And do we want that for our franchise or do we want someone who's actually going to put 100% effort in? That's all I'm saying. Hmm. 
this is a tough one because I do like Slew's point about Jay Cutler fitting with the British aesthetic of, uh, you know, just rock up and do what you want. But I like the, I do like the plucky underdog angle that Joe's gone with there. And I think that I'm going to go with Joe on this one. Yes! I'm going to roll with Tim Tebow. Oh, you've just picked someone because they're going 100% <laughs> despite the fact that they're now playing baseball and not putting 100% into football. Yeah, but you know that he'd snap at the chance to come over. Yeah, exactly. Come over Just because uh, no one, literally nobody wants the media frenzy associated with him. But we do, because we're in the NFC East, mate. To be honest, Lou, I think, taking it out of the context of, of the decision we've made, I think your, um, you know, the fact that you can choose first on this next question is actually quite a big bonus in that you might not mind conceding on this one. Mm. So we're going to move on to the second question now. And this is a bit more about our, our sort of public image. We're a new franchise. You know, a lot of a lot of new franchises get involved, or a lot of franchises get involved with, you know, helping, um, you know, I'm thinking Houston Hurricane Relief. I'm thinking Miami Dolphins in the community. I'm thinking doing some community projects and public campaigns to really bolster your image. Um, with your one, I'm going to cast, I'm going to cast your minds back to a certain incident that occurred in Manchester a few years ago with a certain Mario Balotelli. If you will remember correctly, Mario Balotelli managed to set his own house on fire with a fireworks incident, and then a few weeks later became the poster boy for fireworks safety in the Manchester area. And if you remember that poster of him looking very serious... That's the biggest turnaround in history. Exactly. Him looking very serious on the poster, like he suddenly was absolutely on board with fire safety. We are going to do our own main man back from the dead i've learned my lesson style public campaign and your two options are say no to drugs with ricky williams as your main guy and stamp out bullying with richie incognito oh, okay you've got to pick one of them to lead to lead the, that that campaign do they have to go. be on our team they don't have to be on your team they're just going to team up with your franchise and help you launch this new community campaign that might be slightly off center I'm going to go ahead and pick Ricky Williams on this one. I think, in all honesty, uh, he, the drugs he did compared to other drug users in the NFL, it's it's not the worst. He just went, he just left for a bit, smoked a bit of weed and came back. It's not legal, but it's actually growing in legality in, in a lot of the states in the US. I just want to add with this one, sorry to interrupt Joe, but recently Ricky Williams was seen signing Dolphins jerseys with the phrase 420 and smoke weed every day. It depends what we define as a track. <laughs> <laughs> We're going that route. Okay. We're going down this route. So I think in the next five to ten years, the weed's going to be legal in the UK and I think we're going to catch up to America. And so we're I'm, getting ahead of our time. Yeah, I think I think we have a nice progressive spokesman nice. for our franchise in Ricky Williams. That's uh, one of the few 10,000 yard rushes as well. Richie Incognito, at the end of the day, I can't trust a bloody word he says. And, <laughs> like, you've seen him on Hard Knocks. He was just like, what... Fake friends syndrome. It's just, it's not, he's not even a hey, person. He had a nice just, little chat with Antonio Brown. What, the exact same conversation two weeks in a row? About, oh, you're big. Yeah. Oh, you're small. small and fast. Oh, you're big. But, but, for my point, he saw a small person and chose not to bully them. <laughs> that shows growth. I like that. That shows he's learned his lesson. He understands where he went wrong. And bullying's a huge issue. And if you do have... This shouldn't be taken lightly. If you do have issues with bullying at school please do seek out help tell somebody yeah 
But what Richie Ungunita did was not excusable in any sort of way. But he he seems to have learned his lesson. He's come back. He's apologised for what he's done. And that may not make up for it. But like Michael Vick did when he went for, to jail <laughs> for his dog fighting, he came back and he helped he helped charities that dealt with dogs that needed help. This could be the op- opportunity for Richie Ungunita to do the same thing with bullying charities. I But... I think he deserves a second, maybe third chance at the point he's at now. Just don't tell Jonathan Martin. <laughs> well, I think that's that's quite interesting. I like how Joe's gone down the route of, yeah, Ricky Williams, what Ricky Williams did was illegal, and uh, he clearly hasn't learned his lesson at all and is still absolutely fine with that decision, but it'll probably be fine in five years' time or so. That's very forward thinking, which I like. For will the bullying ever be fine? Bullying will never be fine. And... I which know, is why you need someone to speak out against which it. Which is why I think Richie Incognito maybe has learned his lesson. Maybe his, uh, maybe this uh, cute pillow talk with and with Antonio Brown is real. He stopped bullying smaller people than him, and he's actually going to be a good spokesperson. I think as a result of that, I'm gonna we're going to roll out with Richie Incognito and stamping out bullying. So that's the end of today's show. Thank you so much for listening. Join us next week when we'll be discussing the NFC contenders and revisiting the London Monarchs, where Joe Philbin is joined by Tim Tebow and Richie Incognito in an ambassadorial role. So we've got a website at thedropback.com where you can have tantalising articles to read for your eyeballs. Uh, we've got Instagram and Twitter at The Dropback and we've got a Facebook group, The Dropback UK. Feel free to give us a follow. Keep up to date with everything that we're doing. I've been Joe. I've been Matt. And I've been Sam. Thank you so much for listening. See you next time. Bye.